Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Got it! Crowd cheers. Here's Siddle. He's got it! He's got it! Taylor Siddle's got a hat trick on his birthday! Hello everybody, we've missed you. It's time for another episode of Two Slips in the Gully. It's both Aaron's with you tonight. How are you, Az? We're back. Yeah. I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? I'm excellent. I do apologise for those of you out there wondering, oh, what's happened to Two Slips in the Gully? I haven't seen him for a while. It's been my fault. I've had a bit of a shift at work. I've got some other things, you know, learning opportunities, heading into a newish role, so been very, very busy. Um, which has impacted my ability to have free time that lines up with my other hosts to do a podcast. But we've got we've, one out. We've made it happen. We've made it happen. We're here. And, uh, yeah, there's a bit to talk about. We're going to have a bit of a chat, a very brief chat, about the uh, uh, monumental test between um, Australia and uh, South Africa in the women's. Yeah. We're going to have a chat about how the India-England series is unfolding. And we'll also have a bit of a chat about the Chapel Hadley series that is going on. So... As always, as we say all the time, the great thing about our sport is it doesn't matter what time of the year it is, there is something happening, not like all those football fans where they get to have time off. We've just got We just keep rolling on, baby. The appetite is wet all the time. So uh, strap in, get ready. We've got plenty of cricket coming at you right after this. Go on, straight down the throat of first slips. Kick things off with having a bit of a chat about um, the test between Australia and South Africa at the WACA. The, it was uh, very historical. I believe it's the is it the, the first one ever. It was the first one ever between Australia and South Africa. Um, Not a very memorable one for the South Africans, unfortunately. No, I, I look, I think we kind of expected this was going to happen. We've got a, a nucleus of a squad now that have all played long form cricket. Um, the South Africans basically don't play any long-form cricket anywhere. And it was very apparent their yeah. skill sets are not suited to just taking their time. They were no. they were really exposed by just normal 
first class yeah. style cricket. Yeah. yeah, leaving the ball a lot, playing defensive shots, not having to force the run rate. They just seem to be a you know an appetite to get bat on ball, which is is perfectly understandable. They've their their bread and butter is white ball cricket, and that's yeah. the, the the big thing. Even like there's even a, a, as vaunted as the Australian side is, us as you know. We've spent our entire lives watching the Australian men's side. We can still see there's quite significant technical gaps in a lot of those plays in terms of their temperament around playing yeah. um, long form cricket, and that comes from the Aussies that have played probably half a dozen tests in the last sort of what three four years. So yeah, um, yeah so there there is a there is a big gap. I do know there was a push to get a, a red ball competition going. Of some, I think it might have been a three day competition um, for for Australian women. Uh, I had a thought that I would I would really love to maybe see if there were some boards brave enough to do like a like a premier a, a red ball Premier League either make it a three or a four day comp where you just put the, the players that want to play it into like a pool and then you play maybe like a round robin over the course of a couple of weeks where you've got like the best Indians the best English the best Australian the best South Africans the best West yeah. Indians and they all come and play like a uh, and in, in like not just Australia versus England versus, yeah. but you, the, you know you have you know Shmini Mandahar playing with um, you know with the Meg Lannings playing with you know uh, Marazine Caps sort of yeah. you know all oh, in their sort of that would be that would be an absolutely innovative innovative and probably pretty um, compelling package I would have thought to get the you know like just touching on it briefly the women's IPL started again um, yet again they're big crowds, massive television deal. Um, the best players are over there playing, playing their trade in, in the Indian Premier League. Um, we need something to elevate some of these lower nations in the women's game into understanding how to play red ball cricket. Yeah, I think it's probably more running before they walk. But at the very least, Australia seems like it's going to be invested. And if anyone's going to be doing it, it'll probably be Australia because um, Australia has been really been pioneering closing the gap, so to speak, between, mm-hmm. you know, the difference and opportunities between men's and women's cricket. And so, Isn't an interesting philosophy, too, just like touching on that, that from the women's side, we very much seem to have this idea that we want to develop the game. It doesn't happen on the men's side. We're not interested in developing the game. We just want to make some money out of it. Well, where, where do, and it's run by the same board, essentially. Where does the change in philosophy towards that come from? Well, I think what they see that with development will come profits. So they need to develop. Like Australia, how much more can you really develop the game in Australia? As a, you know, the only thing you're really going to be doing is all grassroots. You know, you got to find strategies to stop kids going and playing hockey or soccer or, or whatever yeah. league or union or AFL. You want to yeah. go? How do we get more kids coming in and playing yeah. at the grassroots level? But in terms of at the national level. You know, first class, list A, national level. There's not really a whole lot that needs to be done. Probably refine. We, we we would argue probably refining selection strategies. You know, especially New South Wales and Victoria, which had that period, and arguably it's still going on, where it's not necessarily what you do in your grade cricket in Melbourne or Sydney. It's the number that's next to your date of birth, which tends to sort of have the greatest weight as to whether or not you get first 11 selections. But, um, yeah, in terms of the men's game, there's not a a great deal more of development going on. It is now about how do we maximise profits for the game. And I suppose playing the devil's advocate, the men's game needs to be maximising profits to allow the women's game to flourish because there's still probably, there's not a great deal of money 
in the women's game for no. it to be self-sustaining. No, I understand um, that. I mean, you're just sort of taking the profit element out of it all, um, which obviously, you know, it's a professional sport and, you know, there's, there has to be a profit element in it. It just seems there's, there's a very distinct philosophy on the women's side that we're happy to go and play these things and bring these people Yeah, they're here. about to go and play Bangladesh, I believe. Yeah. And um, Taylor Valemic's back for that. Hopefully oh, she can stay healthy oh, for stay a while. Stay fit, please, Taylor. Um, you know. That being said, though... She's the, only, she's the only woman I've ever seen who looks like she's going to... She's quicker than James Anderson. <laughs> yeah. She's going to, like, 130, 132 k's an hour as a woman. <laughs> Look out. That, that's that's, that's very quick. Impressive. That being said, though, it's not... Selfless development. Australia is not helping develop other nations selflessly. They're, they're, they're getting something. They're either touring and things like that. So it's no. not as if it's just like but they're, they're, they're throwing money. No. But I think that I think that the overall philosophy for women's cricket is it needs to be developed because it's not in a place where you can just sit down and go job done. Um, let's let the cash roll in. So I think there's probably. I don't want to take credit away because Australia has been very good at developing the women's game in this country, but I still don't think they're like the, the selfless pioneers that are putting the sport first. They're, they're, they're developing, they've got their own interests, they're developing Australian cricket first and foremost. And if that means that um, other nations such as Bangladesh or the West Indies or South Africa who are very much still in that developmental stage get opportunities, then that's great for them. But it's not Australia, they're not handing out free coupons to Oh, we really care about you, so come up there. They, they, they're wanting to expose yeah, their sure. girls to as much yeah, cricket. Oh, so. I, I understand that. It's not total altruism on, the, on their behalf, but there's just a very distinct philosophy when we refuse to like give Zimbabwe a mm. test, when we refuse to play. Oh, look, I understand mm. it's not playing against Afghanistan. That's another story. Um, Don't get me started on us refusing to play Zimbabwe in a test. We'll yeah. be here all night. We were trying to get this nice and snappy. Yeah. Uh, so getting back to the actual cricket, we don't want to spend too much time because unfortunately for the poor South Africans, it was an absolute whitewash. Um, something I wanted to point out, um, courageous captain, um, Mrs. Stark, or no, nah, it's, it's, it's yeah. Mrs. Healy. Yeah, it's, it's, Miss, it's Mr. Healy and Mr. Mrs. Healy. Healy Mrs. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, really courageous knock to get it. Uh, so, you know, wasn't all going our Oh, I suppose it was. We knocked them over for 75, so there was a lot, of, a lot of pressure off, but they did get, they got a little bit of a roll on. They had us, I think, four down for yeah. 100 odd ish. Yeah. So it wasn't all going our own way. We were very much comfortably in the game, but um, Healy came out, scored an absolutely fantastic, aggressive. 99. I want to throw this stat at you. I believe I've got it right. Um, if anyone's listening, you can correct me. Um, you know, feel free to write in and do so. There have been 3,897 players in the history of Test cricket that have played Test cricket representing their country. Of that, that number, 3,897, 12 of them have a high score of 99. And of that 12, two of them are married to each other. I know. How about that for a stat? <laughs> Small we, world. We need to let that drift into the ether a little bit, and you know we'll come out as cranky old guys at trivia. Come, yeah, yeah, we know the answer to that one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. If you've got that at your uh, local pub trivia in time, uh, you can thank me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm partial to money, but you know I'll take any sort of gift if you want to send me a thanks. And any um, gratuities are gratefully accepted. Yeah. Uh, Annabelle Sutherland, what a superstar she's going to be. Everyone's talk I've heard people talking about online going, oh, walk out Australia, you're all cocky now that you've got you know, Perry and Healy and all these guys, but they're all getting older and then there's not a lot coming behind. Annabelle, uh, is, Annabelle, really? Annabelle Sutherland is batting as low as she is because Perry's in the team. As soon as yeah. Perry goes, you know what, thanks very much, guys. Well, I've had enough. 
I'm going to roll it off in the sunset. We have a ready-made replacement. What an absolute superstar well, she what, is. It was one of the best innings that you will see. I mean, admittedly, the, the, the quality of the attack, um, again, I mean, lack of red ball cricket, lack of discipline. Unable to continually hit the right lines and stuff like that. And, but and you honestly, can only... by that time, you've got to be thinking they were more than 100 runs yeah. behind. So they're, they're just like, come on, just declare and put us out of our misery. So there's a little bit of that. But at the end of the day, you've still got to go and score the runs. And you never knock back at just a lazy double 100, do you? Uh, she was um, she was supreme. Um, and then... Uh, Look. Kim Garth getting declared on on 49. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez, Alyssa. Yeah. You're tough. Yeah, I reckon. Were you running out of time or something? <laughs> Was I, the surf I, too good? I don't I, get it. Like, I, 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 <laughs> I see that and I thought to myself, there's something going on there. Um, South Africa are brave in the fourth innings. I mean, they, or the third innings, I should say. Uh, they put up at 212, I believe. Yeah. So they were comfortably beaten. They were absolutely thrashed. But... Yeah, quite easily could have just been bowled over again for a you know rubbish double digit score yeah. or barely cracking a hundred. But they they stuck in there. They did their best. They fought hard. They were they were outclassed from top to bottom. Like they were outclassed top to bottom in in the white ball cricket, and they did really well to take and take a game off Australia in, in both ever, formats. Yeah, so, first um, time ever. So so it you know I'm sure it's one of those ones where kind of wish maybe they played that game first. Yeah. So at the end of the tour. They're at least riding a little high going, you know, okay, yeah, we got we got thumped, but we got a game out of Australia in the T20s, we got a game out of Australia in the one days. And they go, they're feeling they're all that high, yeah, all right, yeah, we lost, but we got a game. And then they go and play a test and just get absolutely creamed. Uh, hopefully they've they've got on the plane, their heads held high, heading home that, you know, while it wasn't ultimately successful, that there's there's things there, there there are markers to say yeah. that it was that you can take out of that tour. Look, I think Australia and India in the women's game have really set their their stalls out right at the top level now. Um, England are right there as well. Although I think England are, are going through that transition period that they, I they, think they, they transition can... a lot quicker than we initially thought. I really think the women's hundreds done a a, a, a great massive, job. Yeah. Like they. Well, they drew the series with us over there in the Ashes over there. So, well, I was expecting you know a fair drop off. It was a younger, a, you know, a lot younger team. A lot of the big names had been you know, moved on. Um, you know, they missed a couple of ODI finals that you would have expected them to be right thereabouts. And sort of, well, they missed the World, both World Cup, the one day and the T Twenty. They lost wow. out. They weren't in. So they were like, okay, is there, are they falling back to the pack? But then they came out and they really gave the Aussies a um, yeah. a real shape for it. So, um, yeah, so yeah, I think, yeah, obviously those three are the, the – I think there's Australia, there's Daylight, there's India, you know, there's a little bit of Daylight and then there's England. Yeah. Um, but And then there's a big, big gap to everyone else, which, you know, but that gap is closing all the time. It's good to see. Like you just look at the women's IPL, you look at what's going on, there's um, – there's certainly progression there, which is good to see. It sure is. And, yeah, look, the, the more red ball cricket that we can get these women's nations playing, I think the better. I mean, just as a general rule, you know, we can afford it. Yeah, that's the next step. That's the, the, the thing. The we next can, step af- we is, can afford it. We need to be getting, the, you know. There's obviously a desire there. Like, the, the Aussies are chomping at the bit. To like, and I, like, why shouldn't there be? You know, why should – I have a son and I have a daughter. Why should my daughter grow up not having – anywhere near the same opportunities to wear a baggy green as my son. Yeah, like, if my son ends up... If they end up becoming brilliant... Like, look at the Sutherland kids. Um, you know, both amazing, amazing cricketers. Um, you know, given equal opportunities, 
Will could end up playing 10, 15 times the amount of tests as Annabelle. No. Like, obviously, they're not going to play as much, but we should be trying to get as many as many opportunities that girls can wear the baggy green, the better. Yeah. And, and, and we I'm, should be pushing that as a, as a nation going, right, the ICC, we want more tests. You, you know, we're Australia. We want more tests. Make it happen. Yeah. And really be pushing the ice that the ICC to be like, what you know, what are your plans to further red ball cricket in the women's sport? Australia is chomping at the bit to do it. You know, India and England are keen. How do we get about getting more red ball cricket and a more meaningful red ball cricket? So it's not just this nation that's like, all right, Australia really wants to play a game. You're the you know the lamb of the slaughter of this. But how do you get? the West Indies, the South Africa's, the New Zealand's, the Pakistan's of the world at a level where they can compete. Oh, my suggestion, just very quickly before we finish up, would be we need to look at a two-tier system um, where you'll have Australia, India, England in the top tier, maybe one other team, and four teams in the lower tier, and we concentrate on getting those teams good enough to play the teams in the top team. Yeah. It's going to be a long, long time. I don't think we'll... I know. This is a decades-long project. It, it'd probably be something that my granddaughter yes. might see yeah, the, um, the fruits of. The first point of call will, be, somebody... will be getting Red Bull domestic competitions in yeah. other countries. So, And if we don't have one, then it, we've got to get that up and running before we can expect the, the Bangladeshs, the Pakistans, the, the... The one things that we do have going for us, but is that every... Um, major city in Australia in their grade cricket setups do have red ball, first grade, second grade, um, depending on participation, cricket for women. Yeah. Where they do play two day games, they play long form cricket, um, so they get a, a bit of a, found, a foundation in that even at, even at a lower level in Australia, we need to start be, getting that instigated somewhere in these other places. Yeah, 100%. Rolling on now to India versus England. I know we all said that it would be nice to see India knocked off their perch, but uh, unfortunately, baseball has not been the, uh, the the success the success that uh, they were hoping it would be. In fact, the most successful thing that uh, they've done so far in this tour, since the first test, obviously, has been that absolutely phenomenal hundred from Joe Root in the last test, where he went at a strike rate of under fifty. Yeah. Oh well, who would have thunk it? No, well, Maybe well, in adverse conditions, not playing like reverse a... sweep second ball. Yeah. Um, um, and look, I actually watched a fair bit of that innings. He said he stole that from the time he walked in. He said, "I'm not playing baseball today." That's not happening. He doesn't need to. And uh, and what? Yeah, and this is the, this is the point. He doesn't need to. He's a, he is one of the class batsmen of his generation, and he does not need to play ridiculous. Since colour television was invented, he's been the best English batsman. Man, you're pretty close. You, you, you're going back to guys like Hobbs and Hammond to, to be finding people that are better than Joe Root. Joe Root is the best English batsman they've had since colour was invented. Um, it's been phenomenal. Oh, we don't like, you know, obviously the not scoring an Ashes 100 in Australia is going to be um, one that will haunt him if he doesn't manage to get one on any of the tours he's got left in his career. But, you know, you know averaging what he averages, when the, in the conditions that he predominantly bats, which has been English conditions, which favours seam bowling, in a side that for a large chunks of it, he might as well have gone out and opened. Yeah. Um, because his openers were just awful. Yeah, Joe Root's class. And, uh, and I think, I'm uh, hoping maybe that innings will scream to him going... Um, you guys do this and I'll do that. Yeah, and if you've got Joe Root, just 
chipping away, going at you know somewhere between forty five and sixty, just scoring runs like he does. Yeah. And then you've got your Zach Crawleys or your Duckets or whoever just going, you know, Ollie Pope, really putting the pressure back on the bowlers. Yeah. There's nowhere to hide. And you like the way that England play one day is is perfect. You know, Butlers and all that, they're going out, they're hitting boundaries, and they have Joe Root anchoring the team and just batting through the innings. And yeah. But they just seem to be this thing where they've got Joe Root playing reverse laps and, yeah. you know, all this sort of stuff. And, and you know, there are times where it paid off, especially on sort of flatter wickets over in England when they were really pumping this out. And then there are other times that you watch him get a, a good start, look good, and then just throw it away, and you're just like, are you doing? That's probably the one question that is always going to be asked about Joe Root in the context of history is I'll look at his, you know, what have we got, 60 and 30 now, or 31 test hundreds, but 60 50s is an well, awful lot. To be fair, and we'll get back to the test series in a minute, we'll stop sort of talking about Joe Root. There was a period where I think he was like 10 or 12 and yeah. like 30 or 40. And that was just prior to 2019 or something like that. So I think 2019, he was well, he was by far and away fourth yeah. in out of that big four in terms of hundreds. And now I think, is he level? He's level with Steve Smith. Yeah. In in a case of what's this now, four and a bit years or yeah. four years, yeah. he is just he's mowed past Coley, mowed past Will Simpson, um, and caught up to and caught up to Smith. Like he's had this. Pit where he's and that was a genuine criticism. He'd, he'd make a start, he'd throw it away. Yeah. So I think a lot of that um, really high 50s count would be prior to 2019, where he yeah. was, you know, he was struggling a bit. Where in England were nothing without sort of Joe Root in terms yeah. of their batting stocks, and he would make that start. And he sort of the, you saw it in the um, in the Ashes over here, and then the so the last ones over here and the one before that where. Yeah, he'd get in, he'd get a start, he'd look good, but there was nothing going on around him and everyone was just focusing on him and he'd end up throwing it away for... So, but I think he's moved past that. I think he's gotten into a groove where he's now, when he gets in, he'll go and make a score. The problem is he's been getting in and going, yeah, this is easy, let's... And then gets out for, yeah. you know, 46s. Yeah. pointed out in that uh, <laughs> yeah. famous test. He, he got 40 years out. Um, but yeah, moving on to the test, uh, really, really impressive from India, like... There's no two ways to cut it. This is nowhere near India's full-strength side. No. Absolutely nowhere near India's full-strength side. No Kohli. They've had Ashwin missing, you know, parts of they James. Rest, they rested Boomer. Um, rested Boomer. No Shami. Like, yeah, and they have, you know, this test toed and froed quite a bit. Yeah. But at the end of the day, India got to a point where they won re- relatively comfortably. Yeah, at and, the, end and of the it. thing was England had their chance. Okay, India were on the ropes in their first innings, and they couldn't they couldn't deliver the knockout blow. Um, Jeb Jurel, the keeper, and absolutely rocked solid. Game. I, I, I said I said after the closes of the England the India innings, yeah. I can't remember how much they trailed by, but it yeah. wasn't a lot. I was forty in comparison to yeah. where they were. They at were one hundred and seventy behind when he came in, um, and I just said India will win this game. No. India will roll England here. They'll just mow through them for a and pedestrian score and chase it down. It had They're, an inevitability about it, didn't it? Yeah, because just, they, England, they just, you could just watch it. They were like, yeah. England are like, yeah, okay, we're right on top of this game here. We're going to have a massive lead. We'll boss the game. And then it just got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And you just you felt that when India finally walked off, the, when India walked back on the field, there was just this, we feel pretty good about being behind by 40. And England walking off that field feeling pretty crap about being ahead by 40 as yeah. opposed to being ahead by 100. 
Um, and yeah, and then yeah, they just all it just all fell in a heap. Um, was Asher an and Jadeja and yeah. Co just did what they did, what they always do in sort of the third innings of a game where it's gone deep and they just yeah, spin the team in circles. Um, you know, what's looking like, okay, potentially 40s are pretty good. You know, it's not a bad lead in India, but, yeah, you, you've you got to turn that into... 250. Yeah, so and then you're pushing 290, 300 sort of thing as your lead. Yeah. Uh, or even 200, get yourself to 200, so you're looking about 250. Yeah. Um, but, and that was the thing, like, even in that fourth innings, England kept taking wickets, but they were never able to nail it down. They were never able to get in that situation where, as often happens in India, where wickets fall in clumps. Whereas in the England third innings, their second innings, wickets just kept falling, falling, falling. Yeah, there, never, was, there was no respite, was there? was there? no yeah. respite. There was, um, Kuldeep Yadav was absolutely brilliant with his leggies. Mm. Um, the control from a, from a left arm leg spinner was extraordinary. He was basically landing on a string. Um, nobody could pick his wrong end. Um, he probably could have had six or seven in that innings and just the four that he got. But, um, yeah, they, they just bossed it after they come out for that second innings. One thing uh, I've just, like, and, like, I was. I was pulling for England to get it and, and pull one out of the fire because it would be nice to finally see this era of dominance in India, especially with all of the shenanigans that go along with Indian conditions. We're not yeah. going to dive in. We all know. We've talked about it ad nauseum what India do when they've, you know, their backs against the wall in terms of their pitches and things. So it would have been nice to go, right, everyone's written us off. They're telling us baz balls, load of crap, not going to work over in India, and just really go. Even if if baz ball works, great, but even just win, just win. Whichever way it is, if it goes, they go and change gears and win traditional, traditionally, or they win at baz ball, they just get out there and, and win. It would be good to see. But what's really frustrating is that there is, and it's what I said initially when, when baz ball was first conceived, we had a look at it. It's a playing style that just has no accountability. Yeah. At all, and you just the way they talk about it. Yeah, it's um, like, oh, this is all good. It's not all good to be throwing yeah. your wicket away in a test match. But it's even just like, oh well, we don't feel that bad about losing because you all said that we were going to get absolutely flogged. And it's like, <laughs> really, what does it matter what we say? You guys should feel like you guys should be walking into this series thinking that you're going to win, and then when you lose, feeling crap about it. Like. <laughs> Well, who cares what we think? What do we know? We're not in that camp. So, oh, you know, the English media and the two Aarons on two slips in the gully say Basball's crap. So, you know, if we get close, it'll be good. We'll prove them wrong. Why are you proving us wrong? Why aren't you going out to win the game? Exactly. And that's just part and parcel of what it is. There's no accountability. It's just... It's well, a gimmick. It's near enough is good enough. Or, yeah. if, you know, we got closer than we thought we were going to get. Or, yeah. the, you know, morally we thought... You know, it's that whole yeah. morally where... And it's just... And it, it is... It's... Basball is, I think what what's happened is you name me one other test quality batsman that has debuted after Joe Root. Ben Stokes is an all rounder, so I haven't included him. But after Joe Root, a genuine what a, test somebody quality batsman. Average, somebody averages forty five. Yeah, well, forty. No. Don't have them. Well, they don't have them. England has a team full of guys that average mid thirties and strike. What have England done very well since the mid thousands? Well, the mid twenty tens. Yeah. What have they done well? Yeah, play play good one day cricket, mate. So they've got an absolute like just uh, like armory of white ball specialists that will go out and, and can find the boundary. And so they're all baseball cricket is. It's just this philosophy that they're just going to go out and get white ball cricketers to go and play white ball cricket in red ball conditions and when it blows up in their face they'll just you know just 
you know, spack Phil over the cracks and say, we're just letting them express themselves. Yeah. Well, some of the nonsense that comes out from the English camp, I mean, we had Ben Duckett the other day, like, saying how... Um, England I'll just play. Credit. I'll play the reverse sweep no. as a front foot defence. Oh yeah. Oh, England should be really getting yeah. the credit because other teams are playing more yeah, aggressive. Because Jaspal went out and absolutely smashed his all around the park, and you you should be getting credit for that. Well, I guess you get some credit for the crap bowl and that you were giving him. But hey, um, he my judgment is always out on. Indian batsmen first up in their own conditions because, as a general rule, India are very good at bringing people in who are playing really good cricket in their own conditions and they generally do well. I mean, Jaiswal does look special. He, he reminds me, do you remember that when Shikhar Dhawan first yeah. burst onto the and scene fought, and just obliterated out. everything that came up? To, and even when he went overseas, he was yeah. pretty good overseas as well. Yeah. Um, I think Jaiswal actually, just looking at him, has the the... He's got the wherewithal about him. So I don't think temperament-wise it's going to be an issue. Just looking at this kid, I mean, he looks like he's born with a bat in his hand. Oh, yeah. Um, I, he I, looks like he's one of those, like he's going to be those pillars of yeah. that. You know, we had Jadeja, Rowett, Coley. Yeah. He looks like it's going to be, when we're moving forward, it's going to be like the part, Boomerah, Jaiswal, yeah. sort yeah. of. Um, Shugman Gill. Shugman Gill will be that sort of. He, he's played a couple of really, really good knocks in this series as well. Hasn't got hasn't got the really yeah. big And score, a guy that's but... come under a bit of pressure. Hasn't delivered as much as you would imagine. When you've seen just how dominant he can be at re- in one day international cricket, and you're oh, thinking, yeah. why? It's a bit like Shy Hope. It's just like, why are you not getting this? Like, yeah. th- there's nothing particularly flamboyant about the way you play white ball cricket. You just hit good cricket shots. Yeah. You, you can. That's what you do. There's, it's no gimmick to you. You, you look technically perfect. You play excellent one-day cricket. It should be a breeze for you to translate that into just when you've got way more time and yeah. way more gaps in the field. And there's just sort of been some teething issues, which is not uncommon. I mean, the guy is 22. Yeah. Um, and so I think a lot of the criticism is fairly unfair on Shubman Gill. Yeah, I, I, I just think from his point of view, he... <laughs> The, the biggest criticism that I would have of him, and I love watching him, but him and K.L. Rahul, I'd sit there and watch those guys bat all day. They're just amazing to watch. Beautiful technicians, effortless stroke play. I can watch them play any other team. I yeah, watch them bat all day, but when yeah. they play in Australia... Yeah, no. it's not great when they're doing no, it twice. Thanks. Sit but, down. Um, yeah, Please sit down. Shubman Gill, I think, gets himself into slumps of form that last a little bit longer than what he would like. So he might make 100... And then he'll go six or seven innings as where he barely gets 20. Um, lack of consistency has been his problem. Which is going to change yeah. the older he gets. I, like, look, I really see... He'll hit his straps around um, 25, 26, 27, and um, he'll... He'll yeah. rule the world. <laughs> he'll, he'll rule. He'll be the. He'll be the guy. Like he's yeah. just. He's so so talented. Yeah. It is ridiculous how talented Shulman Gill is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just. It really annoys me about how England just since McCullum and Stokes have taken over. And I don't know what happens at their training, whether or not it's a show for the media or if it is just you know do whatever you like. But just, it is. It is tedious right. listening to all the excuses about how it's, you know, it's not, you know, when Joe Root goes and plays a reverse, like, lap sweep straight to gully, when the team's in a bit of strife, lost a couple of wickets early, how it's just, oh, yeah, well, we got close. Oh, yeah, well, you thought we were going to be rubbish, and look, we were pretty close. Oh, yeah. 
Joe Root threw his wicket away. Absolutely threw his wicket away in a period of the game where you were vulnerable. Yeah. And it's not just Joe Root. There's lots of them that will go and throw their wickets away. Or do, at some point, someone's got to just you know say the Emperor's not wearing any clothes and go, can one of you guys just play a forward defence for half an hour? Yeah. And it's interesting because when they were actually put in the position in that third innings where it was difficult, have a look how Crawley got cleaned up. Oh, and look, it's I'm not sitting here going England are rubbish and we're amazing because we've done exactly the same thing playing traditional cricket. Yeah. But I just it annoys me that when there are so obvious temperamental mistakes made, mistakes like dismissals that didn't need to happen, yeah. that if you're just playing sensible cricket, yeah. um, you get yourselves into a much better position. Yeah. And you you have it's not you haven't been beaten through either you know, excellent, well, most of the it is excellent spin bowling. That goes without saying. But it wasn't the excellent spin bowling that beat you. It wasn't prolonged periods of pressure being applied. It was just you being a numpty yeah. and not respecting the game enough to go, it's five days long mm-hmm. and we're in a bit of strife here. And I think, and that's going to be when England, if England are pushing towards this, when they can turn it on and off. If they get to a point where they can turn it on and off, you know, say they lose a couple of early wickets and it's Ollie Pope and Joe Root in going, all right, we're two for not many, and they get themselves out of a hole and then go. Or then, or if it's, you know, Root and Stokes get in, you know, they're, you know, they're four down for not many. And they, if they can get into a position where they understand the moments of the game and play the moment how it should be played as opposed to just steaming ahead and then doing, getting themselves in a few... But the thing is, as I said at the beginning of this rant, I don't think England have the batsmen for that. They don't. I think this entire strategy has been made up is because for whatever reason, the county cricket system is not developing cricketers that can play through periods of adversity. McCullum and Robert Key and Ben Stokes have have, um, have seen this. I mean, we've had Hamid have a go. We've had Joe, uh, uh, what's his name, Rory Burns, Sibley, yeah. um, Denley, all these guys that would be more of your <laughs> typical grinded-out sort of batsmen that have been given goes and then averaging in the mid to low 30s. And these are the guys that will go out and they'll score relatively big runs playing in that sort of fashion at county cricket and get exposed at test level. So for whatever reason, they've got, okay, our test match you know, category batsmen that you would say typically play test match style innings, they're not up to standard to play international cricket. They get getting exposed internationally. But we do have guys like, you know, Jos Butler and Duckett and, you know, all of these and guys. The, and the Ginger Winger. Um, you know, Ollie Pope and these sort of players that have shown, you know, that if you give them a bit of love and let them play aggressively, can mix it up with international attacks. So yeah. let's just get them into the test side, give them a license to play expressively aggressive cricket, and we'll just let the chips fall where they may. And yeah. then they've just turned it basically into into a religion where it's now they're not they're just essentially not accountable. And times where it should be expected as a coach or as a captain that you're like, okay, we need to knuckle down. Yeah. It is not working. These are not the conditions to be going out and playing those sort of shots. If we just have an hour of good, sensible cricket, we boss the game, yeah. and then they will go and make missteps. Like, they, Basball cost England the Ashes. Yeah. It didn't get them a draw, it cost them the Ashes. Um, and, and the same thing, I wouldn't say it's going to cost them the series over in India because it's India, and India have been playing 
startlingly good cricket when you consider how many players have been coming in and out of that side. Um, and their big players have actually stood up in this series for them. The guys who've been left over, a great 100 from Rowett in one of the test matches. Jay has been brilliant coming in. Um, Jadeja has been, what a series he's had. Um, with bat and ball. With yeah, bat just, and ball. He is number one all-rounder in the world, without a doubt. Okay, would Okay, I'm going to say this. I'm going to use specifically use the word cricketer. Is he the best Indian cricketer ever? I always look. I grew up watching the great Kapil Dev. Jadeja has him covered in a number of facets. He's technically a better batsman. Kapil Dev was a, a fine batsman, but not as technically proficient. Um, very much along the lines of a typical number seven, you know, go out and play shots. Whereas Tadeja is developed into a middle-order batsman. He is the premier left-arm spinner in the world. And tell me who is a better fielder. I'm, I'm with, I, I think Reverend Tadeja is the best in, cricketer. Yeah, ever to produce from India. India. I don't yeah. think he's the best Indian player ever, no. but I think he's the best. I'd, I'd still, you got to say Sachin's probably still their best player ever. Yeah. Um, but. Um, yeah, I have um, I have very fond memories of Kapil Dev. And the, I mean, to come out here and succeed, the way the Kapil Dev came out here and succeeded at a time when they didn't, you know, India just didn't produce fast bowlers. They just didn't, you know. He was like the standard barrier for him for 15 oh, years. He finished his career as the all-time leading wicket-taker. Yeah. And um, he did, but, didn't he? Uh, did he? Yeah. He did, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but as far as you with the skill sets... Yeah, to steal the baseball term, yeah. five-tool player, Jadeja yeah. is... Jadeja is just amazing. Jadeja is very good or elite at so many things. Yeah. Um, there doesn't seem to be too many chinks in his game. No. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, so India again have secured that. It's 3-1 with, yeah. um, and, with um, two tests. No, one of, test of Speaking play. of great Indian cricketers, how good is Jasper Pumra? He is, in those first couple of test matches, he was the difference. Oh, yeah. He is just an amazing bowler with, with a skill set that I don't think we've seen from anybody for a long, long time to be able to produce that Yorker on demand I'm when gonna, he wants. I'm going to throw it out here too, and I don't often give this man um, praise, but I actually have been relatively impressed with um, Anderson's tour as well Yeah, in, I, in what I, I he's been able to produce in, in limited opportunity. Yeah, I can't say that um, I've got any crit- particular criticisms about him. What I've seen of him, he's done what he needs to do. And the fact that at his age, he's still getting that ball to nip around in unfamiliar and not friendly conditions. If, if he wasn't fit to play, I have no idea why they played Robinson over him. Robinson, what? Well, I've I seen that and I thought to myself, what the hell? If there's any... If they Robert, have a bowler who you don't want to play on slow, low, softish, Robinson wicket, sees a picture of the sun and starts sweating and gets tired. Yeah, like, yeah it's like, yeah. no. Um, and there must have been a problem with Mark Wood because Mark Wood, for me, in India, is the first bowler who England need to pick because he is that point of difference. He is fast, um, and he'll come running in all day for you. And yeah, you, and was, you could was, go. It, was it the second? Was the second test, wasn't it, mm. where they rattled the the Indian top order? Mark Wood just yeah. with pace with yeah. early on, a bit of carry yeah. while the ball was still hard. Not was it? It got. 
did he get Rohit and Jai Swall relatively cheap? Yeah. And then was it three or two? You got two, yeah, I think. Got, yeah, got the, I think got both the openers, but ju- made them jump. Mm. And that's the thing about Mark. Well, we can sit, sit here and say, well, he's not the most skillful bowler or whatever. But, mate, you don't know to be overly skillful when you bowl at 150 k's an hour. You just need to get it somewhere on the pitch. And he does that pretty proficiently. So I was surprised that they picked A, Robinson, and B, not Wood. Yeah, because unless they've, they've really just thought, you know, what do we think these, of the, these two bowlers are just up against it in these yeah. in the, these pitch conditions, so we're just not going to bother. I've been very them. impressed with the um, English youngsters, their spinners that they've brought in. Hartley's been very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see him being a guy you're going to take everywhere. Um, I just don't see that he's going to succeed with what he's doing at the moment. He's not going to succeed. Bashir was pretty impressive as well. Bashir is a big turner of the ball, man. Oh, you don't reckon? You don't reckon, considering what they're they're going to try and do as a team, that Hartley will get goes in England as a sort of that left arm, just nibble it around, control like I'd, a Jadeja style sort of bowler. You don't reckon they'll think, lean that way? No, I think in English conditions, I'll go back to Jack Leach. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but we're forgetting that Leachy's. Um, yeah. Um, and he's, I mean, he's in that in that dichotomy that McCallum and Adam with Leach, Like I suppose they're going to give they're going to give sort of loyalty to the guys that have been there. But like I just see so much more potential out of Hartley oh, than I do Leach. And he's a much Leech. better batsman than Leach. He looks like a much more attacking bowler to me, which to me isn't necessarily what. England, uh, the, the problem is, and, and they really like their left arm spinners to be he's, holders. He's, he's an honest toiler, but teams will target him. And a lot of the times you've seen when he's picked up wickets, especially in the Ashes, it's been yeah. when teams have overplayed their hand. Yeah, because they go, all right, we're going to go hard at Jack Leach. We'll hit him out of the attack, and we'll tire out the, yeah. you know, the slowly fossilising forms of Stuart Broad and yeah. James Anderson. Get them bowling more overs. Great, get some overs into. Ben Stokes' knee, so yeah, that's holding up. So they go hard. At, there's there's no respect for Jack Leach. No. And to be fair, Jack Leach hasn't really earned respect. I mean, he's no. he's had some. He's, he's had ended up success. having some good success, but it's yeah. it's more that he's taken people by. No one's sitting there going, "Oh God, they brought Jack Leach on." They're all like, "Ah, all right. Yeah. Oh, get, I might be able to get to my fifty before lunch now." Sort <laughs> yeah. of thing. Um, <laughs> And I just, I just, I think that Leach, I don't see a lot of improvement in Leach. No. So where does Leach go? Whereas, I, think... I mean, I just don't see that Hartley is going to be in that McCullum sort of plan because he's a little bit, he brings a bit more with the ball, but they seem to want, in like I said, in his dichotomy that McCullum and yeah, Stokes he, have he created, he doesn't play they... a holding role. That's the thing. Like they people think because he's a left arm. And doesn't spin the ball that he'll play a holding role, but he just he just doesn't do that. Unless the plan is we'll just give the we'll give the rubbish bowler a bowl and see if we can you know what is it they say in grey cricket shit gets wickets like unless that's, that if we just we'll we'll put Jackie on because they'll go super hard and we'll, they maybe they run past one or like sky one. Yeah. But honestly, the way that that, they, that Jack Leach has been and it's no through no fault of his own. I'm not saying that he's a bad bowler. He is a good bowler. He's a test-quality bowler. But from what I've seen more recently, there have only been a handful of games where he has been... Effective. Where he has been... He has controlled the tempo. Yeah. He's picked up a bag of wickets, but it's been because teams are going hard against him. Yeah. And maybe they should not, shouldn't have been going as hard, but that's been more... He hasn't outfoxed people. It's no. been... 
yeah. they've already done it themselves. But like, yeah. I'd love to see Hartley get more of a go over in England. I think he'd be a guy that would be really good in, in English conditions if you would give him the... Because yeah. he's, um, he's a bit like taller than Leach yeah. too. Or, um, unfortunately, I think for Bashir, he's going to find himself in that same thing where he's probably not going to get a, a lot of games in England because they will play the holding spinner. The oh, type if, they're of holding go, spinner if they're going to go, if they're going to go the leggy, they'd go um, Ahmed, wouldn't they? Because he's going to Ram Ahmed. He yeah. can bat a bit, so yeah. So they they've got some. Look, there've been some good things for England in, on this tour. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think Ollie Pope. He's been a bit down in the last two test matches. He is the next great oh, hope for English. We knew that was coming. Yeah. That, other than that absolutely miraculous double hundred, and what a special innings that was. I think we called it. We said, you're not going to get a double hundred out of Ollie Pope. And we, I think that's what we said after that test where England won. That It's exciting that England won, but I think that they've... They've, yeah. they've sprung out of the ground and they've surprised India and yeah. it's taken a borderline miracle for them to do it. And how often is that miracle? And when it turned out, that miracle hasn't come again. No. Well, you know, there's still another test to go. It might come again, but the series is gone by now. But, yeah, it just there wasn't another, other than Joe Root, that innings from Joe Root, there hasn't no. really been another well, stand up and look at yeah, me. Duckett got 100, but Duckett gets 100. What did you get, 180 or whatever it happened to be? Um he rides his luck, that fella. Okay. And, yes, he's good at these reverse sweeps and he's good at finding the gaps and everything like that. I see, and he's at the peak of his game, I see a very steep drop-off for Ben Duckett when people finally realise that you just hammer away about fourth stump on a length to him because he will not leave the ball alone. Um, he's got away with it for most of his career so far. The time is coming when people just hone in on him. He won't be in such good form. He'll be nicking off all the time. And then let's see, because he is a big component of baseball. Him and him and Crawley at the, at the top. Yeah, setting that tone. Setting that tone. Um, Crawley again, you know, flatters to deceive, as usual. Well, he got a 40-odd in the, in the first innings the other day uh, of 46 balls, but he's out before lunch. <laughs> You're an opener, mate. Yeah. At what stage do you consider that that's acceptable? Well, clearly they do figure that's acceptable because maybe in 10 innings as time you'll come out and play an absolutely brilliant 100 and win you the game. And you don't mind that from, like, a Jaiswell, for example. I don't think Indy would mind that if he came out and got some blistering starts. Some of them, like, one every seven or eight innings turns into a really good score and the other ones, he are. Oh, well, he's going to be our tone setter. But they've got players behind that that'll back that up. Whereas when everyone's doing it, you can yeah. run the risk that you've all fallen a heap. But um, yeah, 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 we digress. All right, we're going to move on from here. And after this, we're going to have a bit of a chat about the uh, the Chapel Hadley series. Uh, still one more test to go. Uh, I'd really love to see England get a, well, not nearly a square up, but at least a... Uh, a, mor- a moral victory. I, I was looking at. I, I was just looking at you then, <laughs> and I was saying, word. please don't say it. Please don't um, say it. They have at times played really well, and and then other times they haven't. And I suppose that's indicative of everyone that goes over to India. The, the momentum changes. It's just what's frustrating more than how they've played is just how no one wants to put their hand up and go, yeah, look, right. We back ourselves to do this, and this time it didn't work. Hmm. We probably should have done it differently. There's none of that. There's none of this owning up to what's going on. There's no humility. Yeah, there's none of this, yeah, all right, I can see why you're critical of how we went about that. But this is the way. Like, you know, there's there's owning up that you've done it wrong, but owning that's the way you do things. Sometimes it's going to work, sometimes. But it's not. It's just this is how we do things, and 
it's not wrong because, look, other teams are no. playing aggressive or we're a lot closer than you thought we were going to be. And it's just... It's nonsense. Just, yeah. Got it! Patrick Sloverball! Beautifully bowled! Well- it's uh, that time again. I think, what, the first time in... Eight years. Yeah, it's been, been a while since, since they put the dusted off the old silverware. Um, yeah, so the Chapel Hadley Trophy is going down. It's the first time ever, if I'm not mistaken, that we have whitewashed New Zealand yeah, for a yeah. Chapel Hadley. I think they've they've whitewashed us before when it was a one day series. I think yeah. that that year that um, Shane Bond decided yeah. to. Uh, yeah. He, he, was gonna, he was going to be too fast for us. He didn't like anybody that year. Um, but yeah, so we've won the T20 series. Uh, what a great game the first one was. Um, Tim David doing Tim David things, getting that's, his home. That's what we want from him, isn't it? This is, what, this, this, this is what we've always advocated about Tim David is we don't really want him. What That's why he was never really going to be successful in the 50-over team. Mm. Um, we just want you to come in and face 20 balls, man. There, 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 there needs to be an expert. And, I, and I've seen some people that I actually respect their cricketing opinions quite a lot um, talking about how we should open with after that, immediately after that innings, we should open with Glenn Maxwell and Tim David. Get their most destructive hitters hitting, facing as many balls as possible. It's, no. That doesn't work. No. And I said it to him, look, I really respect you as a like you, you as a, a cricket analyst. And I have very, very few criticisms of your how you go about talking about cricket. But this is one of them. And it's every time someone like that has an innings like this. Yeah your call is immediately to have them batting in the top three or four, or even open. No. And that's not Tim David's go. No. Tim David, look, let's not kid around. Tim David is a very limited batsman. Yeah. He has his, I call it's not exactly, but I call it his golf swing. You bowl it in that arc, anywhere that he can dispatch that to the leg side, and he will look a million bucks. But even in list A cricket, when they've attempted to have him higher up the order. We've seen it in the one-day game where he was frustratingly ineffective. When he's got to play for a long period of time, he isn't that... This is what he does. You send him out there, clear of mind, that's the leg side boundary, get the ball over there. You've got... I reckon he should. his position in the batting order should be after 16th over. Yeah, That's where he's listed, yeah. after 16th over. If we're two down and we lose the wicket after 16th over, he comes in at five. If... If we're five down, he comes in at seven sort of thing. You get him there for that end and let him do his thing. That's what Tim David is. And he, he'll win you World Cups doing that. Which yeah. he is, he's not going to do it every game. You've got to understand that, as I said, he's a very limited batsman. He is a very one-dimensional batsman. He doesn't have a lot of like scoring skills outside of, or rapidly scoring skills outside of dispatching it over mid-wicket, long on, straight hitting sort of thing. Anywhere that he can clear that front leg and go hard. Yeah, he's not the kind of guy that's going to dab it into gaps and you know build innings that way. And that's fine. We don't what, want him to be. We, it's not what we need him to be for the T20 side. No. Uh, but moving on, we don't want to talk about just Tim David, all of that. Um, a fantastic series. I, I thought they were all really well-contested games. Yeah, um, they were. Uh, really... Except probably that rain-affected one that really was a bit of an anti-climax at the end of the day. Um, whoever batted first in those conditions is always going to have the advantage. Um, the Kiwis were never 
really in the hunt to, to chase down that ridiculously high total that they had mm-hmm. off 10 overs or whatever it was. You know, 120-something off 10 overs. That's just absurd. Yeah, Duckworth Lewis was not their friend for that particular one. No. Um, um, what about some of the individual performances that we had in that series? But there was guys who I was really pleased to see do well was Matt Short. Oh yeah, Matt Short. He, he hasn't stamped his tickets. Yeah. Um, he needs to be going. Cup. He's going to the Caribbean. He needs to. Is um, Smith going? No, I don't have him either, which no. hurts me. It hurts me to. It hurts me to say I can't see a spot for Smith. No, he, he's, he's, if he's going to bat, he's going to bat as an opener. Warner's going to be an opener, and then you've got Head. Head. You've, you've got, got Marsh. Short, you've got, got Marsh. Short, you've got yeah. you know, potentially England. There's so many options that you could put there. It's not worth having Smith there as a. Uh, we're liking the way that this batting lineup is starting to sort of gel out. That these guys come in. They're very specific in their positions. I would like to see Matt Short batting higher in the order, but he seems to have taken this this slogging role at, at the end. Matt, Matt Short will be open the batting after the World Cup. Yeah. Warner will retire, yeah. um, and that would and that will be Matt Short's spot. He'll bat at the top with Travis Head. Yeah. Uh, Marshall come in at three. Yeah. Um, Maxi will bat there until Maxi decides to give it away. Uh, oh, I think we'll have to go and find someone else, which is you know. That's I'm, not a huge deal. We'll, yeah, look, we'll, I'm thinking that would be someone like maybe a Jake Frazier McGurk or something yeah. like that. Um, we got a, we got a few options there that we can just throw somebody in and an Ollie Davies, depending on how much time Maxwell decides to get going at it for. There's time for those young sort of guys yeah. to come in. Um, yeah, I, I'm not too. I, I'm I'm happy with that. And then you've got um, you know maybe you're all rounder then. So like an Aaron Hardy coming in at well, yeah. so Inglis will come in at five. Yeah. And then you'll have your Aaron Hardy or your Stoyness or your Cam Green. Are we, are we, really, are we really taking the Stoin? Look, if it was a one-day World Cup, no. T20 World Cup, maybe. Like, he was pretty good. Yeah. Like, the, the T20s before the Chapel Headley, he was arguably one of our best players. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think necessarily the writing is on the wall for Stoin. I would take Hardy. Hardy would be the guy that would be in my starting yeah. Eleven, but I think Stoyan has probably done enough. Considering he's still there, I can't see them him, him them being well, the, dropped the, for the world. The good Cup. thing about him is he's back bowling again, and he seems to be, mm. be, have the knack of picking up handy wickets. So I could never really fathom him just in the team as a batsman. He doesn't bring enough just as a batsman. Mm. Um, and like like and I go, said, his best game for Australia was his first one. And then you go uh, Tim David at seven. Your the six to after the sixteenth over. Yeah, um, and then you go your bowlers, which will be um, the big three: Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins, Zamps. Cummins, Cummins will be there for the World Cup. Like yeah. he will be. Um, whether or not I believe he should be in the first eleven, to be honest, I'd almost try to see if I could get away with having two left armers. I'd have Berendorf and Star Stark opening well, the bowling, and surely we're taking Nathan Ellis. Yeah, Ellis would go. Um, yeah. So I'd have, I'd have this Hoff, is, yeah. if. if for, for my, my team, heading into game one of the World Cup, I would have Warner, Head, um, Marsh, Marsh Maxi, uh, Maxi Inglis at five. I would have um, Hardy, um, David. David. Um, then I would have Stark, Berendorf, Zamps, Hazelwood. So I'm getting... One, two, so I've got what? what's that, five, five, four, so 20 overs. Well, I've got um, 16 overs out of that for pace, get some overs out of um, 
Zamps. If I wanted the extra bowler, maybe then you go a, a Matt Short instead of someone. But so you've got Travis Head, you've got Mitch Marsh there. So there's yeah. so whether or not being in the Caribbean or America that you want to try and fit in. Oh, Maxi. Oh, I'm forgetting Maxi and Bob. Yeah, so yeah, so that'd be that'd be my. I'd have um, yeah my starting lineup. Yeah, Warner. Uh, Warner, Head, Marsh, Maxwell, Inglis, Hardy, David, Berendorf, Stark, Zamps, Hazelwood. That would be yeah, my look, I, I really think that's, I'd that, have, that is the nucleus of the squad that we should be taking. Cummins um, and Ellis as reserve bowlers yeah. um, coming off the, are, off are the we, bench. I'd are, take Agar as a reserve spinner. Are we taking a, a, a potential pick like a Fraser McGurk? No. Not to a World Cup. You've got to earn your World Cup. He's barely debuted. Um, yeah. I wouldn't take him to a World Cup. Uh, on the bench, so what? That's 11. It's a squad of, squad, if it's a squad of 15, I would take Short, Wade. Oh, no, because that's too many. Well, I'd need... Because I'd take... Um, yeah. Cummins, Cummins, Ellis, Short, Wade. Make it 16. If we make it a squad of 16, I'd be taking um, Matt Short, Matt Wade... Um, Ellis, Cummins, and Agar would be my reserve players. I don't know if I've got a spot for Agar. I've got him on the bench. I haven't got him starting, but he's a guy that... He's sort of drifted away from the scene at the moment, you know, whether it's been injuries or whatever like As that. a backup spinner, if you're going to go backup frontline spinner for what for about, a T20 World Cup... What about Tanby? Nah, not for a World Cup, not yet. There's still a lot of growing there to do. He will be... He, he's a natural heir apparent to the white ball game once Zamp has given it away. There's heaps of time... I like Agar. He's been there. He's done it before. He is an excellent, excellent holding bowler in, in oh, T20s. I, agree. I just, I'm not he's sure. He's a fantastic fielder, and like as, as much as he hasn't contributed as much as we like with the bat, he is a guy that you, you've got him at eight, for example. He's a guy that is a perfectly adequate number eight for a T20 side. Yeah. You know he's got some shots in him. You know that he's smart enough that if it, if he's in there with a David or an Inglis or a Marsh, that he's just going to run his ass off and get them back on strike. Like, he knows the score. He's experienced. He's a former, like, T20 Player of the Year medalist for Australia. Yeah. Like, the guy, he's got two sixfers in um, in T20 cricket. Uh, like, yeah, if if he's fit, I'm, I'm taking Agar to the World Cup. He's not starting. He hasn't played enough cricket to start. But as a, a backup spinner, like, ideally, he doesn't play a game. Mm. He is there if we know that um, Maxi and... And Zamp's got the job done in an ODI World Cup. They should be more than enough to get the job done in a T20 World Cup. The only way that Agar gets a run is if there's an injury to Zampa. Yeah. Uh, and, and the wickets say that you're not going to get it. You need to have a frontline spinner. You can't just get away with playing the extra quick. Um, do, you, do you think that now, um, after this New Zealand series, that we've had a look at all of these guys, um, the selectors have a very... A, pretty much locked in who they've got to go. Well, they'd want to. They've got no more T20s. Yeah, so I, I'm just, I'm, yeah, I don't really, I, I don't have a place for the Stein. I don't have a place for Smith. Um, I, I'm struggling to have a place for Cummins. Cummins will go out of experience. Like, yeah. And I think, I just think, he, he is in our best, in all formats. He's, he's in, in our, our best. He's 15. in our best, what, if you go, if you say you're going to take five quicks, there aren't, one of there, aren't five, there aren't five better fast bowlers at one day or T20 cricket than Pat Cummins in the country. Mm. Like, considering what he has been able to do recently. Like, 
I don't necessarily know if he'd walk into my starting 11. Like, he will. Like, let's be real. If the selectors, will, he'll play game one. Yeah. Um, but I would be, in those conditions, knowing what Berendorf and Stark would do, could you imagine the damage that if, if you gave them four overs, so two overs with the, you know, the new ball, you could really, if Berendorf and Stark get it right, swinging that ball around corners, they could skittle teams. Yeah. Um, Berendorf's a guy that you could just bowl for. He could bowl first, you know, first eight overs. Yeah. You have Berendorf just bowl out up the top just while it's hooping and then just sub him off and <laughs> bring on a gun field. So, yeah. No, that's not allowed. But, yeah, I, I, Berendorf has done enough. Like, well, he won. He's not in that squad. He just won the T20 Player of the Year as well. So, yeah. um, surely that would in- indicate that he would be in your starting 11 yeah. for a World Cup side. Um, Stark is Stark. Hazelwood's Hazelwood, I think. Hazelwood and Cummins off you stuff that's relatively similar. Um but yeah, I don't know. I don't necessarily think that they'll go that way. I think they'll use the the test bowlers, and Berendorf will be used as the okay. as the spell bowler in yeah. case they want to rest Stark. That'll be he'll be the backup left arm swing bowler, mm. which I think is a mistake. But you know, I'm not a professional cricket coach. What do I know? Yeah. Anyway, what does it matter? Uh, so moving on, I'm circling all the way back. We got a little off track. They're talking about the Chapel Hadley. I want to throw this at you because I'm, I think one of the biggest. Uh, things that we have really failed at as a, a cricketing country is we have not nurtured this rivalry right when New Zealand were getting really good. Yeah. We, we, we we've lost we, their golden generation yeah, because we refuse to play cricket against them. The whole time that they have been one of the elite teams, we have played stuff all cricket against them. We should be play- And I think that there's something that we should have done is every, every three years they're over here. So they're either, you know, we have three, one, so three, so we say this starting from this year, we play New Zealand in a three-test series. Three years later, we go and play New Zealand in a three-test series in February. So we don't sacrifice having a busy home summer over here, but we need to play a lot more um, cricket than what we're doing. So one thing I wanted to chuck at you is how would you feel moving forward? Because another thing that annoys me at the Chapel Hadley Trophy is that it changes depending on when we can be bothered organising three consecutive games in the same format. I've seen Chapel Hadley trophies that have been a test series. I've seen Chapel Hadley trophies that have been one-day series. I've now seen a Chapel Hadley trophy be a T20 series, which I think is really disrespectful. Yeah. You would I never, agree you would more never think of turning the Ashes into a five one-day series or nah. a five T20 series. Nah. And, and I have no issues with it being a one-day series. I actually thought the Chapel Hadley one-day is... Um, on Channel 9 were, were really entertaining. I've seen quite a few Chapel Hadley one-day series, but when they came out a couple of years ago, it was the Chapel Hadley Test Series, and no. it just it annoys me that they can just be picked up and moved to whenever we could be bothered having three consecutive games in the same format. How would you feel about stealing something from the women's game and turning the Chapel Hadley into a rotating multi-format series? That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Bookended with a test? Yeah. And then having say, well, even just go two, two, two. Well, a test, two one days, two T twenties, a test, yeah. and then you just do that and do it according to points. Do it according to points. Obviously, the test matches would count towards the World Test Championship, so it's no. a drawn series and all that sort of you know, no. everything that goes around doing that. But um, if we're not going to make the time to go and dedicate a three test match series to the Chapel Hadley. Yeah. I thought that could be an interesting way of having a cake and eating we, it too. We definitely need to be playing against these guys more because they 
I mean, yes, the golden generation is rapidly passing, but there looks to be some talented some players, pretty in the good wings. players coming through as well. So I don't see New Zealand dropping down the, the, the rankings. What was the name of that fast bowler that took a bunch of wickets on debut against South Africa? Oh man, I really should have prepped for this. Was it O'Rourke? Oh, yeah, O'Rourke. Yeah. How good was he in that series? Yeah. And he's going to be the guy that hopefully will stick around and play a lot of test cricket. And if they can rebuild Kyle Jamison as well, so he stops breaking down all the time. Yeah. That's the yeah. makings of a, a still very, very, arguably, and I say this with the utmost respect, arguably a better attack than what they had in their prime. Yeah. Like but Kyle just Jamison. For the, just for the, the, the ability to generate more pace and more trouble for the batsman. Like, there's They've the potential had... that those guys could be better than Southie and Bolt and yeah. whoever the third quick at the time was. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean that as a disrespect to, to, to Southie and Bolt. They're incredible players, but I just, that's how much I rate, especially Jamison. Jamison looks like such and an he, amazing And he player. can bat too. Mm. Yeah, so. Looks like a really good cricket bat. So. Um, look, I, I, I have no doubt that the, I think this is actually going to probably be a very competitive test series. One thing I have been noticing over the last couple of years, and I watch a lot of the cricket in New Zealand, the wickets have always presented as very green, but they don't necessarily, certainly on the first day, behave like a green top. They flatten out. Really they flatten quick. out really quickly. But what what they seem to be doing is a little bit more there in the second and the third days. Mm. That's what seemed to be happening in the South Africa New Zealand series where. Um, the second and the third days were moving days in, in both test matches because somebody would get on a roll and, and knock the opposition over pretty quickly. Um, they've got a couple of questions to answer themselves, the Kiwis, about where they're going at the moment and what's their best team. I'm not sure they know exactly what sort of um, what their best team actually is. They need to have Darrell Mitchell in that middle order. Without him, they are not the same. It is team. a very strong middle order, though. When you go Williamson, Ratchin, Ravinder, and and, yeah. and Darrell Mitchell there at um, three, four, five. Yeah, and then you probably have Henry Nichols at six, who averages forty in Test cricket. Yeah, there's there's um, some talent there's, there. That's a pretty solid. But I want Conway but, to finally start getting some runs. Yeah. in the white clothing, he struggled. Yeah, a bit facing the red ball. I just think um, he's probably been people have worked him out over a period of time. You know, he's a typical left-hander. He's Always going to be that little bit suspect on that third and a half, fourth stump line, you know, yeah, going, across, going him. across him. He handles the ball coming back into him really well. Um, but that's a ball that pitches middle, middle and off, just angling across him a little bit on that length where he can't get forward or back, and he's a feeler for the ball. He likes to feel for the ball. So, um, look, I think, that, I think it's going to be a very competitive test series. Yeah. And I think the Australians have got... Um Got some questions to answer as well. I mean, their vaunted batting lineup all summer looked vulnerable. Mm. And, I, you know, let's be honest, the Pakistan and the West Indian bowling attacks are not particularly well credentialed. No. Um, absolutely love Shamar Joseph. He is my second favourite player on the planet right now, outside of Steve Smith. He's always my number one. I love you, Steve. Um, but, yeah, Shamar Joseph, what an absolute superstar he is. But it, it, realistically, looking at that, we only faced him the other year. We weren't particularly impressed by Kemar Oach. We weren't particularly, you know, by Alzari Joseph. Like they bowl very well, like, but like they weren't coming in. No one's going. Oh God, Kemar's back. Oh God, Alzari's back. Like there wasn't that element of fear. The Pakistan bowling attack were basically in, t- in cricketing parlance were in their diapers. Like who who are they? These guys are just yeah. 
no one who's there. And they, they kept the Australian batting lineup really, really honest. Yeah. And a lot of times, um, if, you know, if our attack wasn't as good as it is, was the difference. It wasn't really our batting. It was no. our bowling that was, you know, our, our bowling attack was, you know, as well as they played, was much better than theirs. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they kept a, a, an Australian attack that was feeling pretty good about themselves. An Australian batting lineup was pretty good about themselves, really in check. Well, no they, one they, really got away. No, nobody did get away. Head got a, a hundred, Warner got a hundred. But outside of that, there's a few, like, really good 50s that were scored. Yeah, Manus is a bit of an issue for us, I think, at number three at the moment when he's not batting well, and he's not batting well at the moment. He's he's fa- He's been found out with that really pacey ball on that fourth stump line that's lifting at him. I, I think if Marnus wasn't 29, he's a prime category for... Have a, just a spell in shield, mate. Yeah, I, um, yeah it's he's been not, a bit wobbly. Yeah, if Hopefully he, ga- he gets if he, it back. He's yeah. obviously quality, yeah. but um, he hasn't toured very well. No. So, and now he's wobbly at home. So um, it's going to be a big series for Marnus, I think, because you know we are getting a bit older. Yeah. We're obviously not going to drop Smith. We're not going to drop Kawaja. We're not going to drop Marsh. We're not going to drop Travis Head. They've got... Plenty of runs in the bank. Cameron Green, we have moved heaven and earth to get in. So you feel that he's going to be given an extended run. And if there's going to be any wobbles in that top order, then it's Marnus as the, the fall guy because mm-hmm. we're not going to drop Steve Smith because no. that will end his career. No. And it's Steve Smith. The no. guy averages nearly 60. He will be given... He'll be like, you tell us when you want to go. If we're going to let Warner tell us when he wants to go, no. Smith could basically commit murder and still be like... They'll be like, all right... Steve, we're going to arrest you and send you to to to, the, to jail after you've retired. After when you retire, nah. straight to lock up. You're nah. going to be wearing orange for the or green, whatever it is here for the, nah. the rest of your life. But we respect you too damn much as a batsman. So when you retire <laughs> from cricket, that's when you go. Like that's that's the amount of leeway they're going to give Smudge. If they're yeah. going to give Warner that sort of, you tell us when and we'll um we'll have the we'll have the party out. Smith Smith will be able to call time on his career. So they're not going to drop Smith. They will. Yeah figure out a way to move Smith to somewhere where he can score some runs. Again, Kawaja, they've already dropped him. He's fought his way back. They know that they drop him again. That's it. Job done. Uh. And this team, is this management side of the Australian team is gun-shy to end careers. We've uh. we've seen that. We've, we've seen it with Warner. We've seen it with Finch. They don't want to end a, a storied player's career. But if there's time for them to come back, yeah, okay, we'll drop you. We dropped Cameron... Um, Cameron Green, we knew there was time for him to come back. So they've got issues doing that. But um, I think if it's like, well, why are we really going to call back a 37-year-old Osman Kawaja if he goes through, if he goes through a rough patch? Done. Yeah. Um, so they're not going to call time on anyone's career. Travis Head, they're not going to call time on because he's been one of the best players we've had going around. So, yeah, Marnus is, um, Marnus is going to need to get some runs. He's, he's young enough to be dropped. Yeah, he sure is. Um, and, you know, there is some promising young kids coming through that they may decide to to blood. In, yeah, I, I don't really could see... Could be, you know, that could be the excuse to get Bancroft back into the side, move Smith oh, look, down to, to, uh, to no, three again. I, but I, Bancroft, we know it's not going to happen, but, yeah. I mean, there is options there to fill Yeah, I think if you're going to do, do that, you take a, a chance with one of the younger guys. Yeah, you get like a... I hope it's not Fraser McGurk, but you know. No, you're not going to pick. Look, just because Ponting thinks it's a good idea, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, and for the Ashes in a couple of years, no, 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 no. I want to see him. I want, I want you to have. You go to Ashes. I want you to have five first class hundreds before you go anywhere, mate. Yeah. 
Okay, his his potential is in the shorter form game at this point in time. I've got no issues at all with him being blooded in anything that's not a World Cup. You can pick him for every bilateral T20 and one day international series we've got in perpetuity. You can just, like, pencil him in now, put him in there now. Just go, we're picking a 15-man squad every one day and T20 series for the next five years that isn't a World Cup. We'll have Jake Fraser Mugurk in it. I've got no issues at all. None. Get him in there, expose him to as much white ball cricket. The kid just oozes potential. That's just ridiculous. Well, I'm not, I'm not handing out a baggy green because he's no. whacked a few sixes in the big bash and looks like a million yeah. bucks. No yeah. way. Yeah. No way. You go and score some first-class runs. Yeah. First-class hundreds, mate, are the currency that you do in to get into the test team, I think. Um, yeah, look, there are, there are some questions that need to be answered about this Australian lineup, and only time, I think, certainly... We're going to get some answers in the next 12 to 18 months, I think. What our, I really don't think that our the test top six that we see tomorrow is going to look anything like that in 12 months. Yeah, I would be... Yeah, 12 to 18 months, it's going to look a lot different. I could see Smith, Kwaja, um both being gone. Yeah, they're both gone. Uh, if Marnus doesn't produce in the next 12 months, of anything, and Mitch, Mitch Marsh has a, has a bad spell. Uh, I think Marsh will probably be given a little bit of... He'll give, be given that Travis Head treatment, I think, a little bit, that, you know, we know what we're getting. He's going to be a guy that's going to go hard, and sometimes that's not going to pay off. Um, but when it does, it does. So, yeah. Carey as well. Carey's a guy that um, there is some... You know, Josh Ingles is looking good. There's Philippi going around as well. There is some, you know... And oh. he's not young. He's Man. 32, I think, Carey. So yeah. as much as I love Alex Carey, yeah. he's a guy that wouldn't you wouldn't say is locked in for the next... No. Um, he He's never really quite nailed it down, has he, Carey? I mean, he's been really, really good. He's also been fairly average at times. And you've always had that feeling that he's never quite put his foot on the throat yeah, of that Yeah, every job. time you think, all right, here it is, he'll just go... And it's not so much... The output, it's the ways he gets dismissed. Like, yeah. he, when he gets out, he yeah. looks bad yeah. getting out. Um, I remember, like, that run, he had, they had a real slump in the one-day game. Like, everyone thought after that World Cup in England where he, you know, got smacked in the jaw and batted out for a gritty 60 or something. It's like, yeah, that's our keeper for a while, Alex Carey. And then he backed it up not long after that with, a like, a rearguard 100 with Maxi and won a game. Ah. It's like, oh, Carey, that, Carey's going to be the keeper forever. Who yeah. good is his carry guy? Get him in the test team already. And then he went through a real slump where he just couldn't face spin at all in the one-day game. He'd just find ways to get out and then lost his spot to, to Josh Inglis. Oh. He said Greg Inglis then. Oh. <laughs> that, that would be quite a sight to see Greg Inglis behind his um, thumbs, wouldn't it? But, yeah, um, and I think that's with Carey. When it's, when it's not clicking for him, it's very obvious that it's not clicking for him. It's not like you remember Michael Hussey went through that sort of rough patch where he just looked fine uh-huh. and then all of a sudden he'd be out. Uh-huh. And it's like, what? What happened? Uh-huh. Why did you... What? And it just like... And he'd say, look, I don't think I'm out of form. I'm just out of luck. Like, uh-huh. I'm hitting it amazing in the nets. I'm feeling really good. I just end up nicking one that's got my name on it or missing one that hits me in the... But you don't get that with Kerry. You don't uh-huh. get this sort of like, where did this come from? You just... There are innings he walks out there and you're like, well, I hope... Stark's got his pads on because I don't think it's going to be a while, and yeah. and it just yeah it just never it never doesn't look like nerves. It just looks like okay, it's just not on today for Kerry. It's just it's not going to happen. And I have no doubt that Josh Inglis has already made replacement. 
for him in the team. I mean, his keeping has been outstanding for Australia. What he brings to the bat is it's different to Carey. What I what I do like about Carey is that in theory he is the opposite to Head and Marsh. He's a guy that in theory should be able to give you stability. Whereas when Gilchrist was around, we had a whole top order that did their job, and then you got Gilly. It's like, all right, we're five down for a thousand. Go out there and have some fun. Yeah. Whereas you know we could in you know if things don't go right and Head and Marsh overplay their hands, we could go from three down to five down for not a lot. And Carey, when he's playing at his best, is a guy that will dig you out of that yeah. that hole. I don't see Inglis as that guy. I see Inglis more as that Gilchrist type, and I probably would ideally like one of Travis Head or Mitch Marsh to be a hussy-like number six, a man for all seasons more yeah. than a seaball, hitball sort yeah. of player before I'm comfortable. I really hate to go, all right, we've got Head, Marsh, Inglis, and we go from three down to six down in ten overs sort yeah. of thing. And um, if it all pays off, we'll go from three down to um, six down for about 400 runs. Yeah. But if it doesn't, pay, and I just, but the thing is, Carey doesn't, he offer, offer, he's offering none of that at the moment. If he's not in form, he's not giving you that rear guard action. So you go from three down to six down. So yeah, it's just a bit of a, I don't know, it's a, a bit of a, I can, worst case scenario yeah. when you've got two guys that are just going to go hell for leather and then a, the wicketkeeper comes in and goes hell for leather. You can just see it all falling down around you in tough conditions. Yeah, of course. Um, but that being said, like I said, Carey's really inconsistent when it's not happening for him. He doesn't offer you that rear guard. Would we go somewhere outside of those two and maybe look at a guy like Jimmy Pearson? Oh, I think, yeah, well, I don't think you'd skip Inglis. I just think that's something to be aware of. Yeah. Inglis is the next guy. Like, it's, yeah. it is. He's playing white ball cricket for Australia. You would imagine that, you know, he's got a relatively stable first-class record. It just makes sense for him to be the next guy up. Um, I'm not saying don't pick English. I'm just saying that's something to factor in is that you've got three dashes at, from five, six, and seven. Um, so, you know, hopefully someone's got the wherewithal when it's not going well to just, all right, let's just take it easy. And But um, yet to be, yet to I, I, be would, seen. I would think Pearson, for whatever reason, if, if Kerry got injured and for whatever reason English was unavailable, um, Pearson would be, for mine, the next guy up. Yeah. And I think Pearson is very much that guy that is that when you're between a rock and a hard place, Pearson will do what needs to be done. If that is go out and play a swashbuckling innings, you'll play a swashbuckling one. If it's one where you need to knuckle down and bat with yeah. Steve Smith, who's still in on 60, yeah. he'll go out and he'll do the hard work. Um, I, yeah, I'm not saying yet. Yeah, it, 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 the pecking order is Carey, Inglis, Pearson. I don't think you skip Inglis unless he's injured. Yeah, good, very cool. All right. Well, I think that might wrap us up. We'll get uh, very excited for Test Cricket to be starting tomorrow. So um, 9 a.m. 9 a.m. So best of luck to everyone. Not so much luck to the Kiwis, but still just a modicum of luck. Yeah, um, yeah it's great to be. It'll be the last Test Cricket that we'll get to see us play for a little while. It's all going to be white ball, white ball, white ball as we get ready for World Cups and such. So enjoy it while we can. Um, we'll be back uh, as soon as we can after, obviously, with a wrap of the first test, depending on how everything goes this week. So uh, until then, guys, um, we will catch you later on. Bye for now. Over. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.